hey, hey, you, hey, I know you're listening. You should go follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BOFCAST, B-O-A-F-C-A-S-T. Go to Facebook, click that like button and follow us there too. Then check out our website, bookdoneafeeling.com because we'd really appreciate it if you did all that. Okay, love you. Bye. Have fun. Do it or I'll bust Tony's kneecaps. <laughs> okay. I think I think it's starting to record. So Are why don't you be working? I don't know. <laughs> Let's not be too hasty. <laughs> Still right. I think he's rather tasty. I can't do that part. <laughs> and we're off oh my gosh oh my god look at that chestnut stallion just just taking the the lead i don't know how how horse sports go how horse do you say <laughs> horse sports horse sports, horse sports. <laughs> <laughs> well um this is booked on a feeling hello we're <laughs> finally back we're uh, back and better than ever yes we actually legitimately we are better than ever new setup new look new sound kobe's got blue hair i got blue hair yep yeah, I mean, it's still drink drinking cheap ass wine though, so that's not changed. But you know, that's, we're giving that Seven Eleven on the corner a lot of our business. Lots of business. Lots of business. Which, speaking of business, uh, we do just want to say we do hope everybody is staying safe out there, staying at home, wearing masks. Don't touch nothing, Grody. Exactly, Karen. We're looking at you. Mm-hmm. Don't touch that nasty shit. Don't sneeze on somebody. Don't sneeze on somebody. But truthfully, everybody stay safe. It's weird right now. We just want to make people laugh. So stay safe. Yeah. And honestly, it's it's been hard for us to get back to this, but we are very thankful that we are. And we hope everybody's been patient. And if you haven't heard any of our previous episodes, well, hello. Welcome. Welcome to the menagerie of maniacal may mayhem him something it's it's um it's a work in progress we're trying to alliterate <laughs> yes alliteration because you know a book thing the, exactly and this is a book podcast where we talk about books and our feelings and how we feel about those books that with our feelings make us feel and yeah. you know everybody's has feelings right and um debatable i think right i mean <laughs> Kobe, you have feelings, don't you? I'm soulless. You? I'm so- <laughs> no, I'm soulless. I'm half ginger. Come That's on now. That's true. That is how that works. That is very true. <laughs> All right. Well, so without... Which, by the way, for- I'm oh, okay. Kobe. Did, did we, we didn't, not we, we didn't say our names. Ah, okay. Yes, I'm Corey. <laughs> you almost said you're, you're not Kobe. I'm Kobe. <laughs> this is a the Kobe and Kobe show and uh, coming to you live. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I'm Corey. And I'm Kobe. And obviously we, you know, we're back, but we don't have our shit together. Clearly. Clearly. <laughs> oh, I'm feeling we're a hot. Rusty. I'm, a little, I'm a little flustered now. Goodness. We're rusty. <laughs> don't worry. We're going to shake out those cobwebs. Mm-hmm. And we'll be back in fine form. Exactly. Yep. That's what so. we're hoping for. Holla. Holla. But, you know, before we get started, 
in true booked on a feeling fashion, we're going to do some icebreaker questions mm-hmm. because we still don't know each other very well. I mean, that's we're friends and you're in my wedding, true. but I still don't. Yeah, I, know. I don't know the weird things. Like yet. How, how the hell are you going to have me standing on your side of the aisle and Wesley can't have me and it's <laughs> and you don't even know me. I'm just kidding. If I can't have you, nobody can. <laughs> All right. So do you so um, a little bit about the icebreakers, because, uh, yeah, obviously. So everybody knows what icebreakers are. Just questions that we're going to ask ourselves just to kind of not only familiarize ourselves with each other because everyone's growing and 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 collabing and and becoming closer and changing yeah but also so that you beautiful listeners can get to know us a little bit too so that you know kind of um i don't know what you're getting into yeah exactly (laughs) it's a whole lot of crazy all right so and uh, with the icebreakers we'll ask the question and then also answer our own question so this will be fun kobe you want to start us off yes yes so my question beautiful Corey, is if aliens were beaming down to earth would you let them take you hell fucking no why i mean i don't want an anal probe what if they don't do those it's 2020 maybe they don't do those no more i don't i you know all all i know that's so 1975 (laughs) actually i think more 1960s yeah i mean yeah you're probably right (laughs) um i don't know those people in berkshire they're uh they have a whole episode (laughs) on unsolved mysteries dedicated to them (laughs) uh yeah no i don't know so um i would i'd want to be beamed up the only thing is beam me up scotty they better they better um heat up that that metal that metal probe before Don't they stick it, it in anywhere <laughs> uh, but no i probably wouldn't because i'd be terrified of some sort of like war of the worlds type shit happening you know like or like where they harvest our organs or something like this isn't some rick and morty adventure where we can go off on an intergalactic quest and become friends with these i don't know or whatever but what if it could Oh, you never know. That's a valid argument. You could what be if, missing out on a if, great adventure of a lifetime and I'm going to be there and you're going to be at home. You know, by the time you get back to Earth, if you ever come back from your so-called adventure, I'll be dead and I won't give two shits. So, <laughs> but you'll miss me. <laughs> I will. Yes, I will. For all of the five seconds before they blow up the planet. So you can stay home with nothing in your butt and I'm going to go fly with the aliens. <laughs> Okay. Oh man, we started off crass, didn't we? Goodness. Wow. wow. Oh uh, God. All right. So, What's your lay it on me? What's your question? Um. So my question is actually kind of in line with yours. Do you believe in cryptids? Do you think that they exist, like Bigfoot and the Loch Ness monster and stuff? Do you actually believe in those? Yes. Yeah. Because there's evidence that, like, something as big as Nessie actually existed in prehistoric times. So it's a very real possibility that whatever that was back then could whale. exist now. It was a whale, Kobe. It's a whale. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Are you talking about Nessie? Nessie ain't no whale. <laughs> Nessie ain't no whale. Yeah, I don't know. I think, like, it's one thing to believe in ghosts and things like that 
and the supernatural cryptids i've always had a hard time wrapping my head around most of those stories are based on facts though no they are absolutely 100 percent based on facts but like i don't know i don't know i don't buy it it's probably just some, some hairy hairy the pictures of Lumberjack. like the pictures of Bigfoot though that they have found was actually just some guy dressing up in like a gorilla suit walking around to just cause trouble. Yeah. I that agree. was a hoax. But yes. is Bigfoot real? Very real possibility. I don't know, you don't know. I just feel like he would have been found by now. He could be really good at hide and seek. Best uh, hide and seek player on the planet. Ah, yeah, that's true. I mean, after all, he is probably the missing link. But um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. All right. Well, okay. I mean, that was as far as icebreakers go. I think you won that round. Your question was was better. So no, you don't think so? No, yours made me think a little bit more. I like that. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, so. So uh, so what are we getting into this week, Corey? Well, Kobe, we're getting into books. That's what we're getting into. Books? Books. I love books. Oh, the good. Well, then you're in the right place. Good. Thank God. (laughs) I was Um, really hoping that I, that this was my house. Yeah. And that you just. But if it wasn't, then I was going to be concerned. Stumble into some random. So. Kobe. Corey. Um. Our topic today is scary fairies, scary fairy tales. So fairy tales that have been rewritten or retold with a horror element, horror element, a spooky twist, one might say. So, all right, we're going to do a coin flip to see who goes first because we we don't like to choose. We like to leave it up to fate. I don't like choosing yeah i mean this keeps it unique and fresh exactly so Corey, would you like the Corey side of the coin or the kobe side of the coin um i want to do the Corey side of the coin because it's by far the handsomest okay well here we go (laughs) this is uh by the way everybody this This is is a an app app on the phone (laughs) with a coin and on either side of the coin is a picture of our face and i think kobe chose like the least flattering pictures of both of us purposefully purposefully (laughs) okay here we go you want the Corey set yes i do all right what it land on on the kobe side god Beach. GD, Beach. gosh darn it! <laughs> I don't know. Just try not to use the Lord's name in vain. I don't want to insult anybody. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we gonna insult. I know. Okay. So, buckle up. Put on your big boy britches. Click. This is a doozy of a book. Okay. I'm or rather, it's a short story. You did a short story. I did a short story. You never do short stories. I'm always the one to do short stories. So, okay. To begin, I do have a physical book this time because I've had this book for at least six years. Oh, my God. (laughs) I've had it for forever. (laughs) Um, Currently, my book is bookmarked with a crushed red pepper flakes packet. Okay. Um, Because at the time, I didn't have anything else within reach. (laughs) And I just kept it there because why not? I mean, and you'd rather do that than dog ear. Exactly. I don't want to ruin these pristine pages. Yeah. Anyway, 
Um, so the book is actually a compliment. It's an anthology of a whole bunch of different short stories written by a bunch of different authors. So okay. the book is called Snow White Blood Red, and it just takes a lot of the original like Hans Christian Andersen yeah. stories yeah, yeah. and flips them. Okay. So the story that I'm talking about is called The Root of the Matter by Gregory Frost. Okay. And it was published in 1993. So, That's when I was born. Oh god, nobody cares. All right. So, let me <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so, let uh let me ask this. Am I guessing what the story is based on or do I is it, is it Snow White or Do you want it, to? I'm just wondering like if you tell me am I going to be able to uh, like know what fairy tale that this book is based on? Oh, 100%. Oh, okay. Let's do it. I want to guess. I want to okay. I want to fucking guess. Cool. Let's go. So, about the author Gregory Frost, um he is an American author of science fiction and fantasy and he directs a fiction of writing workshops at Swarthmore College in Swarthmore, Pennsylvania. Swarthmore. That's don't know where the Swarth, fuck that is. Swarthmore. That's a mouthful. Actually. Swarthmore. Swar- Swarth or Swarth? Swarth. S W A R T H M O R E. Okay. All right. And what was his name again? Gregory Frost. Okay. No relation to Robert Frost, right? Not that I know of. I don't have his genealogy. Oh, shit. Pretty sure he's not, though. All right. Um, but this... 23 and Me, that shit. ...anthology is um, Snow White, Blood Red, and it is a series of um, retold fairy tales edited by Ellen Datlow and Terry Windling. Okay. Ellen and Terry, if I completely botched your last names, I sincerely apologize. Hashtag same. Hashtag same. Um, right? People get your last name wrong all the time. People get my first name wrong all the time. Yeah, that's why we shortened it. That's why we shortened it, because I didn't want people to get confused. Also, we like nice alliteration. Yeah. Corey. And should I like... Kobe. What? Should I like tell people my name? No. Keep it let it Let it live in mystery. Oh my god, I've never been mysterious before. <laughs> oh god, I almost snorted like a nerd. Okay. <laughs> okay, so the root of the matter, which, before I begin, the title has nothing to do with the story, so I'm not really sure where the title came from, and you'll see why. Okay. Each section of this short story is written in a different point of view. Okay. How many sections? You'll tell There's me. There's three. Okay, cool. And I've very conveniently summarized all of them for um, your hearing pleasure. <laughs> so <laughs> the story begins with Mother Gothel's point of view. Okay, Mother Gothel. Got it, got it. Do you know who that is? I'm taking notes. I don't know who that is. You don't know who that is? Okay. Well, That sounds um, like Rapunzel. Hey, the listeners can't hear your looks to the side. My side looks. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Mother Gothel, it's all from her point of view, and she is very graphic about when she was molested by her father. That's Um, scary. That is very scary. She runs away into the forest to be found by hermaphroditic beings called the Others, who teach her about magic. She travels to a nearby town and starts man-hating. 
She moves into a brothel and she tortures men with her magic. She would like enchant them to give her their money and land. Okay. And when she got all rich, she moved out of the brothel and into her own estate where she lived next to a family of three kids, a dad and a pregnant mom. Mother Gothel recounts that the pregnant mom was in, was a screeching pain in the ass. So she decided to sneak into her bedroom and see what her baby looked like by like putting her hand on the mom's belly. Okay. And to enchant her into into craving Rapunzel. Which to those that don't know what Rapunzel is, it's actually a type of lettuce. What the f- what? It's like a type of lettuce. How okay. Okay. Rapunzel is like an actual vegetable. It's like a leafy green. Don't tell all the little kiddos out there. They're not going to want to watch Rapunzel. They're abject horror. Oh, yeah. Rapunzel's Mandy Moore. I forgot. Oh, I love Mandy Moore. Girl. Girl. Mandy Moore. You effervescent, girl. effervescent as fuck. (laughs) Um, Where was I? Oh, yeah. Mother Gothel. um, She enchants the pain in the ass pregnant mom to crave Rapunzel. And Mother Gothel sets up a trap, letting the husband climb over her wall to steal Rapunzel from her garden and lets him get away with it the first time so he has, like, a sense of safety. Oh, yeah. But the second time he tries to steal, she catches him and demands that if he truly wanted the Rapunzel for his wife, that he would give her his newborn child. He agrees... Because, of course, you're going to exchange a child for a bushel of fucking lettuce. (laughs) I would. (laughs) (laughs) He agrees because he was struggling with his wife and says, I already have three, so I'll be good. Oh, damn. Literally says that in the fucking book. He's like, ah, I already got three. Why Eh, not? Take the fourth. Who cares? (laughs) Sounds like a good deal to me. (laughs) So the mom gives birth to the child. Mother Gothel gets the child and promptly moves far, far away into a lighthouse on the other side of the country and names her Rapunzel after that lettuce. Oh, I see the connection now. Do you know what the story is now? (laughs) Is it obvious? (laughs) That's why I was like, "Mm." the first sentence that I wrote for my summary was, this is a retelling of Rapunzel. And then you were like, no, I want to guess. I'm like, second sentence is mother gothel's point of view of her childhood (laughs) so i thought it would be mad obvious anyway so we move on to rapunzel's point of view and her section is told in diary entries oh i know how cute and teenagery hearts and on top of the eyes and little flourishes on the the y's and g's i fucking wish it's damn grosser than that grosser how old is she when she's writing this diary she's like 16 bruh okay so there's like a time gap okay so yeah by the way i'm completely cutting out the parts where mother gothel and rapunzel are nasty oh shit what this is a gross story i bought this book when i was a teenager (laughs) and i thought that it was gonna be like some cool like spooky thing with ghosts and shit nah they talk about some graphic nonsense. Hermaphroditic <laughs> beings in the forest, they're naked, Corey. 
And she talks about in detail about the bottom half of them. Are there illustrations? No, I'm just kidding. Don't. No, I, I'm so glad for the sake of my eyesight. I'm so glad that there wasn't. Okay, come on. We we did we did Nickelodeon fan fiction before. Oh my God. So like I tried we- to block that out. That was p- some PTSD inducing shit. Okay. <laughs> and then I also did those um, reptiles that. Yes, you did. Oh, for the conspiracy theory. For the theory conspiracy one. theory yeah. one. Yep. yep. That uh, completely fucked with my um, Kindle <laughs> insights. Oh, Jesus cool. Christ. Anyway, Rapunzel. <laughs> I'm just really quick sidebar for all of you listeners who are just joining us. We had a series of episodes while we were still trying to find our sound. And like figuring um, stuff out. Figuring stuff out. And so uh, we have decided to pull those episodes and archive them. And we may or may not release them at a later date as we see fit. So sometimes we might reference something. And I do apologize if you don't actually understand what we're saying. It's it's honestly just our own um, insanity speaking. So just, you know... Letting y'all know. Okay. Sidebar adjourned. Okay. Rapunzel. So, um, Rapunzel starts talking about how Mother Gothel tells her stories about how terrible men are and how they have knives for penises. Ew. Like, got a steak knife in his pants. Like, okay. Um, Mother Gothel gets really upset and mad when Rapunzel gets her period because this means that the men can smell her and hunt her. What are they, fucking sharks? Apparently. You're With a man. Can barbed, you smell? <laughs> barbed penises? I don't know. I have a barbed penis, but I don't, I don't know about the smelling thing. So, uh, okay. Anyway, so. I'm so sorry. So, and like Mother Gothel, like <laughs> the way that Rapunzel talks about it, Rapunzel's like, Mother Gothel straight up screamed at me. That's, I'm completely like paraphrasing, mm-hmm. but. She essentially talked about how Mother Gothel screams at her for getting her period. Like, how the fuck can she help she that? She can't control that. She's a girl. She's a female. Anyway, so um, Mother Gothel doesn't let Rapunzel cut her hair and bathes her every night and molests her. All right. So there's that. Okay. Um, the reason why Mother Gothel doesn't let Rapunzel cut her hair is... The only entrance and exit to the tower is Rapunzel's hair. She drops it out of a window and Mother Gothel climbs up and down. How Rapunzel hasn't had her hair ripped out at the roots, I don't know. She must use some biotin or some shit. Not sure. I see. I see. see. Yeah, I, I, I distinctly, I vaguely recall something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Rapunzel. <laughs> Let down your hair. (laughs) (laughs) So um, one day, a man appears and starts to climb up Rapunzel's hair because Mother Gothel has just left. Did she consent to him climbing up her hair? No. (laughs) So her hair was just hanging out the window. Just hanging out the window because Mother Gothel had just left to go shopping. Before she could pull her hair up, this dude just is like, hey, look, there's some hanging hair. Wonder where it goes. Let Let's, me just yank on it and drag my 200-pound body up this uh, side of this lighthouse. All right. Apparently. Yeah. Um, Makes sense. Rapunzel falls in love with him. As one is wont to do. And sleeps with him, like, a lot. All like, right. she talks about how they, like, banging on every surface hundreds of times. I don't know. Okay. She gets pregnant. 
but doesn't figure it out until Mother Gothel essentially notices that she's getting fat and calls her a slut and a whore and says she's unclean. So Mother Gothel casts a spell to send Rapunzel off far, far away from the man and cuts off her hair to trick him. Okay. And that's the end of of Rapunzel's Rapunzel's diary. All right. So now we're on the dude. His name is John. All right, let's let him mansplain this for us. What happened? So John, his part starts when Rapunzel gets sent away by Mother Gothel and he doesn't know... And so it starts with him like being like, whoa, there's Rapunzel's hair. Let me let me go up there real quick. Get my freak on. Jesus. So he climbs up, gets to the tower where he sees Mother Gothel waiting for him with a fistful of Rapunzel's hair. Mother Gothel's like, hey, so uh, I sent Rapunzel away and he starts freaking the fuck out. He falls out of the tower in a haste to get away from Mother Gothel because she's trying to kill him. Okay. Um, he falls into a thorn bush and he goes blind from thorns poking into his eyes. Oh, okay. All right. I see. I also like not ironically. I remember that from the Into the Woods movie. Yes. yes. So this is actually based off of the real fairy tale, not the Disney one. Yeah. This is like really close to the true original Rapunzel story. Yeah, I mean, I, I figured this wasn't Disney as soon as you mentioned the word hermaphroditic. So and molest and molest yep. and um, man hating because and, uh, Walt Disney ain't about the man hate. Knife, He's not about knife it. penises and um, maybe just and we should period say, smelling. Period, menstruation menstruation sense. sense. Gross. They anyway. have a menstruation scented candle. Gross. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have no yeah. idea. So he blind. And he wanders around the woods and into a town where he starts asking people for help to find his love. Everyone laughs at him and calls him a storyteller. So he continues to wander around looking for Rapunzel and tells his story to anyone that will listen. He finally gets to the ocean. Like he can smell the the salt. The salt. And wonders why he isn't dead. (laughs) And then a sailor just comes up and starts whispering in his ear that he has an angel watching over him. <laughs> a sailor says that? Yeah, but like okay. comes up and is like, hey, you got an angel. You got an angel. She's she's watching out for you, boy. <sighs> Want to take a feel of my knife, Okay, my this, knife this is awkward. No, with this story, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> anyway. So um, the sailor's whispering in his ear. So John takes this as a sign that Rapunzel is calling out to him. How romantic. He wanders around for a much longer time and ends up in a desert where he starts to get weak from thirst. He suddenly can hear beautiful singing that sounds a lot like Rapunzel. So he starts to run. They find each other and Rapunzel cries into his eyes, which start to heal because somehow she inherited mother gothel's powers without being her biological child Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah that tracks makes sense yeah she had two children she had twins so he sees his two kids and has dinner with his family then he's like hey let's go back to the lighthouse where we were both traumatized see what's up (laughs) well it's been demolished and they never hear from mother gothel again the end the end (laughs) 
That's it? That's it. Wow. All right. It's a roller coaster of a story. You're not allowed to do short stories anymore because you ended that quick. No, but I'm not ready. I'm not done. I know. You have your analysis? Yeah. Sweet. Give so, it to me. I'm going to be negative. So the, the worst part of this book is probably all of the graphic imagery that yeah. I could definitely live without. Yeah. Because they use some like real colorful adjectives for stuff. I don't, I would read like a sentence, but I don't want to corrupt our listeners or you, Corey. Yeah. No, or Padme. I'm a very innocent being. Exactly. I'm made of light. Don't you darken my spirit. Exactly. Okay. So, um, that was the worst part of that book, of this, of this story for me. Um, what did I learn from the book? Um, don't sell your children for lettuce. <laughs> Even that Rapunzel bougie lettuce, yeah. That Rapunzel lettuce, not even for that. Um, stealing is wrong, because that's what—that's how this all happened. Because he was stealing the lettuce. Yeah. No, no, no. I think that that Gothel, she maybe she shouldn't have gotten molested. No, oh, that's no, that's not right. That's not on her. That's not her fault. That's true. Hashtag don't blame the victim. Yes. No, it all starts with the stealing. Okay, yeah. So don't steal. Stealing's bad. Stealing's wrong. Don't do it. I don't know. She cast a spell on the mother, though, to, to, to crave, crave Rapunzel. And the father, I mean, you know, you can he just imagine. He could have gone to a market. He's a desperate being and like, oh, look, over that fence, I smell or see some Rapunzel growing. Let me just la-di-da and go get some. He could have gone... 10 minutes up the damn path to you, go to the market you don't to know get some 10 minutes it could be two hours she could have survived that's true i mean all I that know. all that the book said was that she was just a pain in the ass like yeah. she didn't hurt anybody she was just screaming all the time about wanting lettuce yeah true true need that iron did i learn anything else love conquers all Ooh, that was cheesy. No. Ooh, that left my that left a bad taste in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna. All right, regroup. What did you, what did, what did you learn from the? What did you learn no, from no, the? No, no, you don't ask me that. You you tell you're telling us. I what already you said. I already said what I learned. Yeah. Okay. Stealing is bad, and don't sell your children for lettuce. I I'm not gonna tell you what I learned from your book. This is for okay. you to share with the listeners. Um. Okay. And then which character did I like the best or least? I kind of like John. Yeah. John was pretty tight. Was I'll, he dumb? Yeah. Most men are. I honestly don't like Gothel. Um. The man hating's fine. I don't care about that. But like you know, the manipulation. The manipulation. That's kind of where I'm at with that. You know. So. Yeah. Maybe I, I wish I could meet the hermaphroditic beings. Hey, you don't know. They could be very polite and very well-mannered people. From what they described in the book, they were. You know, we were they nude until Adam magic. and Eve decided to eat from the tree or something like that, right? But yeah, like uh, in the book, they just talk about them being like just chill in the forest. They teach her magic and then her man-hating, revenge-seeking self is like, I'm going to go. Use this magic for, for evil. ill ill purposes exactly so i mean i wouldn't mind meeting those those beings the others yep 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 and how does this book compare well if we're comparing this story to disney it's very different <laughs> <laughs> very different i would not suggest this book 
to children under the age of 18. <laughs> yeah. But if we're comparing it to the original, like the OG story, it's actually pretty accurate. Yeah. Like minus the man hating, the knife penises, and like the weird stuff that she does with Rapunzel. Like this is essentially the same story. Yeah. It's it's really similar. So I'm actually like really impressed that they kept so much of the original story. And then yeah, I would I would recommend this story to uh our adult listeners over the age of 18. Like I said, it's very graphic. But yeah, it was a it was a, it was an interesting read. Like I didn't hate it. It didn't make me feel good, <laughs> but it was one of those things that I was like, you know, I really want to tell Corey about this. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Jesus. So um yeah, right. so that was uh Oh, wait, back to like my original thought. Remember that the title of the story is The Root of the Matter. Nothing to do with that whole fucking story. Oh, my God. <laughs> do you think that the author is trying to like kind of sh- like stretch for like some meaning, like the root of Rapunzel? Like, like because Rapunzel how... has roots. Yeah, because like the actual plant has roots. So like the root of the matter, like the the reason why because it goes back into like mother gothel's like past so it's almost like from the very beginning this is this is how the stage was set for the rapunzel to come into the world and all that shit and this is how that happened and this is why so that's the root i don't know i didn't think about that you you're way more deep than i am (laughs) that's me i'm a deep pool (laughs) well um yeah so that's it all right Awesome, 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 awesome. I'm excited. So, everybody, take a deep breath. (sighs) All right. Yeah, you drink some wine. All right. So, time for me to sit back and and enjoy the show. And listen to my um, sultry, sultry uh, voice, I guess. I don't know. I don't even know if I use that word correctly. Oh, well. So, the book, my book that I covered is called The Merry Spinster, Tales of Everyday Horror. Oh my god, I almost did that one! Really? I was so close to doing that one, and then I chose this instead. Yeah, so... I even bought it. You bought it? <laughs> yeah. I didn't read any of it. Yeah. No, Because no, then, no, I mean, then I forgot that I had this book, and then I was like, yeah, I the bought cover, it. The cover looked like this? Huh? Yeah. I have it. So, I actually have some background information for you that I think... I'm so glad I didn't read that book now. (laughs) This would have been a boring-ass episode. So Yeah, so um, I'm going to jump ahead and just say if I would recommend this book, I absolutely would. Perfect. I had some personal complications with it, but I definitely would recommend this book, uh, The Mary Spinster. Now, the book was written by Daniel Lavery. Now... Don't say anything before you say anything, because if you bought the book, then you know that the author on the book, the, the name of the author on the book is different. Mm-hmm. Um, so Daniel was born in 1986 and is a transgender man. And he transitioned right around the time this book was published. Uh, so it was published under his dead name, which I'm not going to use. So Daniel. You go. You live your truth, honestly. You go and live your truth. Live that your is, truth. Um, I stand people that live their truth and then just go and they do some crazy awesome shit. Well, like and they this. spread their wings. Like, go for it. So, uh, Daniel actually co-created a website because I have a little bit about the author. Does Daniel? What do, do you know? What pronouns Daniel uses? 
he him okay i just want to make sure i mean i um some transgender males use uh they their that's they, true them. so i just wanted to make sure I don't you know, want to offend anybody. I don't want to offend anybody either. So if I am wrong, Daniel, um, I'm so or, sorry. Or we're Daniel, wrong. yes, please, like reach out to us. I will absolutely 100% correct myself. But like 100%, um, Daniel, if you're listening, like I love you. You're amazing. <laughs> Go and um, live your life. So just just for the sake of argument, I will use they them from here on. Uh, just to just maybe or maybe yeah, not. That's why we use folks. Folks. That is why we say folks. Um, so uh, Daniel co-created a website called The Toast. Uh, which is a, actually a feminist interest site. Uh, and there is an article by The Cut uh, that describes it as, uh, I love this, describes it as a late great testament to razy sharp, razy, razor sharp freaky ass feminism, which I was just like, go for it. Like you, the vagina monologue. Yes, exactly. Yes, bitch. I um, fucking stan. <laughs> yes. Daniel also has a podcast and an advice column called Dear Prudence and has authored a couple other satirical works along with this one. Um, so go listen to Dear Prudence. Yeah, actually, I meant to check it out uh, before this hi. episode, and I didn't get a chance. But um, in the same article of the cut, Daniel describes the ideal of uh, being like a 1998 Brendan Fraser from like um, the Georgia the Jungle. Yeah, the <gasps> Mummy, uh, and like it's fighting and like fighting, you know, fighting with yourself because that's what you want to like. That's what you desperately want to look like, but you know, you you know, like yeah. Like, like um, you can take the jungle out of the man, but you can't take the. Are you wait? That I think no. You can take the man out of the jungle, but you can't take the jungle out of the man. No, just like you know, like dealing with being transgender, it's just very much you. You have a certain image of yourself, mm. and you want to see yourself as some other way, and it doesn't align yeah. with with how the that world dysmorphia. is telling you that you are. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why I put that in there because I thought that was you know. Um, you know, if you want to look like 1998 Brendan Fraser, you go and you know, do that. Yeah, you can try, but you're beautiful no matter what. So do whatever you want. Do whatever makes you happy. <laughs> um, so I did look into whether Daniel was still close with their family um, because their parents uh, are actually pastors. And I found out that. Uh, Daniel's father was put on leave in 2019 after an incident involving a churchgoer who confided that they had sexual feelings for children. He did nothing and instead encouraged the person to rehabilitate themselves by attending functions and overnight trips with minors. Daniel is the one that reported his father to the elder council and his father was put on leave after that. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. So Daniel, you're a, you're a strong person. Oh my God. We haven't so, even read the book and I'm I like know. almost about to cry. I'm like like that, oh my that God. enough is like, just, is just crazy. Episode for me. over. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I really wanted to know about the story now. Cause the person who wrote it sounds incredible. Yeah. So the Mary Spinster is, uh, and I'm sorry again for all my slip ups with the pronouns, uh, prior to this, I, have all my notes written out with he him so that's why i'm just like yeah you know uh so the mary spencer is comprised of 11 short stories that are based on fairy tales biblical chapters and verses and works from shakespeare and other children's stories uh they are all woven tightly together into narratives that subvert gender constructs and add elements of horror to them um, so i actually read this book a few months ago like before all of the crazy delays that we had and 
So some of the stories stuck with me a little bit better than others. Um, I did have to reread some of them, but for the most part, I'm just going off of my original notes. So if I, if I backtrack and I'm like, oh wait, that's, this happened. (laughs) That's, that's why Jesus Christ. Okay. Are you doing like all of them or some of them? I'm doing all of them. But oh. no, I'm not going to like, I'm not doing, I feel like a failure now. I only focused on one. Oh no. They're all very fairly short. Um, I'm not doing like in depth, like, oh, you know, okay. action by action, what's happening. Um, I'm just going to kind of talk about each one a little bit. Okay. So, and, uh, I kind of want you to guess what, no, uh, no, I want to guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. You can, some of them. Okay. So some of them you're not going to be able to guess. So I'll, I will. I don't know. I'll Try let you me. know. Try okay. me, boy. <clears throat> so the first short story is called The Daughter Cells. And um, it starts off under the sea. Yeah. And the very at the very beginning, the narrator kind of says that you wouldn't think to call the mermaids girls, but then proceeds throughout the entire story to call them girls. But it is about mermaids. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it breaks the fourth wall. This one does uh, where the narrator talks directly to the reader. So that was actually something I found that was a little bit different from the other stories. Uh, so essentially a uh, a mermaid decides to find uh, true love and goes. I'm surprised you haven't guessed. Like, I mean, just, I know what it know. is. I, I don't know. I'm not sure if I should like wait till the end. No, you can just shout it out. It's fucking Ariel, bitch. In The Little Mermaid. Yes. Yeah. So the basically it's same story as The Little Mermaid almost. Like, you know, um, the mermaid goes, gets their voice taken. Um, it just, you know, trades their voice for legs. Um, there's apparently it's a very painful process, uh, and she ends up on the shore where the prince finds her. So it's a story we all know, we've all heard. Mm-hmm. Um, now one thing though is her inner commentary, the mermaid, uh, just of all of the crazy weird ass things that humans do. And there's one. So you like see, sorry to interrupt. So you like see how she's experiencing the way that we live yeah but we're seeing it how she's seeing it yeah so apparently crazy cool yeah so under you know in the ocean like you know nobody really owns themselves after death once they've once somebody or once something is dead it belongs to the community like they can be eaten they can be whatever so uh there's a quote where the mermaid says that humans are a prodigiously selfish race and considerate uh, and oh, it's a typo and consider themselves their own private property, even in death, uh, because she's talking about. Yeah, she's talking about like the fact that they when they die, they get buried in a plot of land. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, I'm like I said, these notes are from months ago, but I will, uh, she does, it does get to the point where she can't speak. So the prince kind of, she's basically just like a backdrop. Like she, the prince keeps going and finds someone else to marry and marries his bride. And they're, uh, they're on a boat and she ends up killing the prince and his bride and she bathes in their blood and steals their souls before turning back into a mermaid and going back into the sea. Fucking goals. <laughs> yeah. So, um, bitch, that's really... some feminist shit right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, uh, her sisters the entire time are all like watching her from the ocean, you know, kind of just like, yeah. So 
All right. So that was the first story. The second story is the thankless child. Now, this story, um, the character uses female pronouns, uh, but her name is Paul. She lives with her stepsisters and her father and her godmother, because I believe it's a godmother, if I have that right, uh, demands veneration from them and they have to pray to her. Yeah, the godmother uh, demands veneration. Uh, they have to pray to her. They have to show contrition if she calls them ungrateful for any reason. And um, they uh, basically they're given rations of like food based on how like if if they've worshipped the godmother like the way that she wants that day. If that makes sense, like it's kind of like very oh you showed me that you're grateful and that you love me here I'll give you a quarter of a loaf of bread instead of an eighth or something some shit like that this is Cinderella right yeah yeah but the godmother but the god the godmother's evil well no the godmother is like she won't do anything or feed you or anything unless you show her like unless you worship her so it's kind of like um the Aztec gods like the Aztec and Mayan gods where like they believed that in order to get everyday things and to be rewarded for you know rewarded with living yeah rewarded with limit living then they have to you know sacrifice to this to their gods and to you know kind of uh, yeah praise them and worship these these gods in order to get those gifts so it's kind of like that but with a fairy godmother yeah and and the godmother notices that paul goes under this tree um where I believe uh, the spirit of her mother gives her things like an apple or something like that from this tree. Uh, And she goes under this tree to remember her mother. And the godmother doesn't like that because that means that Paul doesn't like fully is not fully. Yeah. It's not like fully um, appreciative of all the stuff that godmother does for her. Uh, So basically um, eventually Paul escapes her godmother because she goes and she marries the priest's son. It's a, okay. not a king. It's a priest's son. Um, but at the end of the story, she quickly falls ill as the godmother arrives to stay with them to be like a live in like godmother. So she never ended up escaping the godmother okay. and she, I believe she gets sick because of that. So yeah. So, um, all right, so the third... Wait, 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 whoa, whoa. That's the end? That's the end. At least with Ariel, she got to bathe in the blood of that prince that fucked her over. See, and I'm, I'm going to talk about it too, but like with these stories, like they almost... Emotionally, I was not ready for the story to end, if that makes sense. Like I was expecting yeah. there to be something that kind of tied it all like together. Not necessarily a happily ever after. Like the real original version of The Little Mermaid... She turns into sea foam and she walks on pins and needles for the whole time she's a human. Yeah. And well, Cinderella, the stepsisters, cut up their feet. Yeah. But like she just gets sick and that's it. Yeah. I mean, she she gets sick and uh, she sees the, the godmother coming up the the road and she thinks like how grateful she is to have her godmother there because anybody would be lucky to have a godmother. And then she starts feeling hot and cold um and and then that's falls it. ill and and that's it yeah so
So it's just like, I don't know. I didn't Daniel, know. what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> um, so then the next story is called Fear Not, an Incident Log. Now this one, um, it's based on, I'm going to go ahead and say it, it's based on the book of Genesis. Ooh. And it's about an angel, but it's almost like he's an IT expert. So he's like, and I don't know, like he talks about, because it's called an incident log. So he basically talks about incidents on earth with the humans, like things like that. And um, he's, he's tr- troubleshooting. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Fucking weird. And, and uh, he's tasked, the angel is tasked by God to wrestle with Jacob to teach him humility um and jacob's so stubborn that he refuses to let go of the angel and then he dies and then it's like the angel's like it's not my fault he died he didn't let go of me he was supposed to give up or something like that i was just like okay. That's some poor customer service <laughs> <laughs> um okay so the next two stories are i think actually my favorite um so the next one's called the six boys six boy coffins And uh, again, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you what this one's based off of. It's based off of the Six Swans and the Twelve Brothers by uh, the Grimm Brothers. Yes, I love that story. Which one? Both. You love both of them? Yeah. Because, okay. I know that they're different. Yeah, okay. So They're always next to each other in the books. Are they? Yeah. So uh, basically, six princes run away from the king because the king wants a daughter. Um, now when the daughter is born and has grown a little bit, she goes out and she finds the brothers and she's staying with them in the woods. Um, she picks lilies, uh, I guess because she wants a nice centerpiece on their table cause they, they look pretty. And as soon as she picks the lilies, all of her brothers turn into swans and, uh, to have them turn back into humans. She has to make six shirts made out of nettle. And the story gets very descriptive with like how her hands basically like the skin just sloughs off like because um, nettle is essentially like it's like a poisonous thorny, it's like, like thorny, thorny root. yeah it's like thorny roots like the roots from like Sleeping Beauty from the from the Disney one yeah the roots that like I'm trying to describe to the readers because oh. I know what nettles are oh, okay but. Yeah, so it's like thorny roots, and but she's it, making shirts. Yeah, and it, it literally, like, it talks about her hands and just how just awful her hands get. Um, and she cannot speak. She has to stay silent. She can't say a word. Uh, she now, can't cry out in pain yes, if memory exactly. serves. She, yeah, she can't make a sound. So uh, the king finds her and takes her to his castle. Maybe a different king? I can't remember. Wow, that's bad. Um, anyway, so uh, she, she starts learning kind of the danger of silence um, because someone who wishes to hear a yes will not go out of their way to listen for a no. So in other words, like the king keeps wanting to have sex with her and she can't speak, so she can't say no. She's not consenting, but she can't reject. Verbalize. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, God, that's fucked. And so she does get raped uh, and she has three secret abortions before she's finally accused of witchcraft. And right as she is about to be, uh, I believe, burned, uh, the brothers come turn back into human form and they save her and they burn the king alive instead. And they escape into the woods. And that story was like so good. Like, I loved that one. The next one 
was a uh, fairly short. I think I just like kind of like read straight through it. Uh, essentially, it's called The Rabbit. And um, The Rabbit is a toy, a stuffed toy. Like the Velveteen Rabbit? Speak up. The Velveteen Rabbit? Yeah, the Velveteen is that what this ra- is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like I said, this is another one of my favorites, but it was, again, like really short. Um, so The Rabbit asks another toy that belonged to the boy's uncle, so the boy that's his owner, what it took to be real, uh, because this other toy uh, essentially, I guess, became real. Jesus, I did not do my notes well for this, but I remember loving the story. So (laughs) anyway, so the boy's uncle had a toy called the skin horse, and the skin horse had become a real, I guess, a real animal, and eventually disappeared, but... Uh, not before telling the Velveteen Rabbit how to become real. And the story ends with the rabbit stealing the little boy's life force slowly over time. So the boy just gets sicker and sicker. And as the boy gets sicker, the Velveteen Rabbit becomes more and more a real rabbit. And then the boy dies in the end. <laughs> That's creepy. Yeah. It's That's, so it makes good. Makes me think of Robert the Doll in yes, Florida. Actually, Ugh. yeah, it's so good Ooh. though. And I, I'm... I did not do that story justice because I didn't take enough notes. I only have like three bullet points for it, which is so sad. Only question. Yes. Do they explain why it's called a skin horse? Um, yes. So it's called a skin horse because the horse toy was loved on by the boy's uncle so much that the fur or fuzz on it was worn off. So because he's not made of skin. No. Okay. No, but he's okay. called the skin horse because his like the he was his fur is he like was rubbed worn, off. Yeah. yeah, he was worn down. Yeah. Okay, that makes me feel a lot better because as soon as you said skin horse, I was like, oh my god, this is some Ed Gein type <laughs> of shit. Like I ain't ready. Um. All right. So then we come to the main story, uh, and this is the Mary Spinster. Now, instead of a grandpa, there's a mother. And she has a, uh, I assume, a daughter. Now, when I get to the end of this, I'll, I'll explain some of this again. Um, but essentially, her daughter is considered useless because all she does with her time is read. Me. <laughs> the story is about me. Yeah. Um, so the mother breaks down on the side of the road in her car, I believe, uh, and she goes to a manor. And she trespasses. She goes into the inside the manor. She drinks, eats. She steals a bushel of roses. And as payment, because she gets caught by none other than the beast. I knew it. Yeah. I was sitting here like, this sounds a lot like Beauty and the Beast. I mean, beast. you should have known as soon as she said, I said the daughter, all she does is read. Like I got it when you said the steals the, bu- the bushes. The bushel the, of roses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as payment for the beast, because she has trespassed and she has eaten his food and drank his drink, she gives him her daughter, Beauty. And that's her daughter's name is Beauty. That's a cute name. Now, Beauty, because the beast is infatuated with her, uh, he asks her for her hand in marriage. That's nice. Multiple times. That's still nice. And though. Beauty doesn't know him. She doesn't know him. I mean, she's, she's, she's his, she's, Honestly, this ain't some Stockholm Syndrome shit. Like, this ain't Frozen. This ain't Anna. <laughs> uh, Beauty refuses to marry the Beast, and eventually she finds him on the stairs, and he has died of heartbreak. Oh, 
that's actually really sad. Yeah. He just wants to be loved. <laughs> Poor beast. Um, all right. So now we're... That's the end? That's the end. Poor beast. So now we're at probably, probably my least favorite story, I will say, uh, called The Wedding Party. Now, this one's also based off of a grim fairy tale uh, called The Goose Girl. I don't know if you've ever heard of that one. I've read all of the grim fairy tales. So the goose girl is where a maid was re- a maid replaces the bride to be and tries to trick the groom. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I believe she gets caught because the head of a horse is hung over the entrance of the church or something. Yeah, and she gets real close to getting away with it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, the horse apparently recognizes the bride no matter what and recognizes mm-hmm. that that is not the bride yeah, that it's, that's an, it's like else. an enchanted horse head yeah um so in this story though they talk about witches hangovers and the devil's hour uh it starts with the two characters david and allison waking up after a night uh their uh, rehearsal dinner before their wedding and they're talking about the goose girl story and they talk about being hungover and they talk about like witches and uh, how the devil's hour is at three or four in the morning, uh, and that's not the witching hour because the devil's hour is the inverse of the hour that Jesus rose from the dead, which was like at three in the afternoon, apparently, something like that. So they go to meet one of Allison's friends, and uh, they're at this place. Uh, I want to—I would assume it's the wedding venue, but they're there to meet Allison's friend, and Allison goes outside, and David who is inside waiting for them to return, starts going crazy imagining that Allison never existed, I want to say. Honestly, one of my bullet points on this was I'm so confused. (laughs) I was really confused. I'm confused. (laughs) I was like, I don't know what's going on, but clearly this guy is having like a breakdown. Like he just out of the blue is just like, what if she's not real? It's, It's almost like, no, it's because he wants to go outside to confront them because he felt i i think he feels like they've been outside for a long time Uh, i want to say the friend's name is beth but um anyway they go out like he wants to go outside but he's like what if i open the door and she is vanished because he can like hear her voice so he's like he's like as long as i don't go outside she's still there but as soon as i open the door she's gone and i'm going to be running down the street like a madman shaking people saying where's my daughter where's my daughter not really where's my daughter i'm trying yeah to, i'm trying like to Liam reference Neeson, yeah. thank you thank you i was i was that's trying some, to reference that so yeah did a bad job that was um, that's some deep set insecurity though yeah well he is very insecure because at three or four times throughout the story he talks about like the fact that allison doesn't like the wedding ring but like she always she says that she likes it but he like he has an inner monologue where he's like mm, you know i would i would buy her a, a new ring you know if only like she to just to get her to stay or something um he also I, i'm a return to it i'm okay. a return okay. okay so the next story is called some of us have been threatening our friend mr toad uh, now, this one's based on the wind in the willows. Mm-hmm. And um, the whole time, I couldn't help but think, like, are they going to lynch Mr. Toad? Because they make him seem like he's going crazy. Apparently, his house was... it. I don't... I, one of my bullet points for this is the fuck. Because I don't <laughs> know. Like, the Mr. Toad wakes up and Rat and Mole are there but they're like making mr toad feel like he's 
being um like uh inconsiderate and making t- uh making him feel like he's not um appreciating them he's not appreciative of the help that they're giving him by so they're letting him. him exactly and so like they do something where like they basically go to get mr toad and all of like the otter and all the other animals join them and each one of them has a weapon which is <laughs> why i'm fuck? like are they going to lynch him and uh i actually listed out the weapons that they so they take with them these weapons to go to mr toad's house or something a boat hook a tarpaulin, a shovel, two steering poles, a mattock, a garden fork, a fishing spear, and a luncheon basket. And they're like... This sounds like they about to kill Mr. Toad, bury him somewhere, and then have a picnic to celebrate his death. Like, I don't even know. I was so confused. And I probably should have reread that one. But I was just like, okay. <laughs> I, was moving, I was like, let's move on. <laughs> now, the next story is another good one. Uh, now, this one's called Cast Your Bread Upon the Waters. And this is based on Johnny Croy and his Mermaid Bride, which is an Orkney folktale. I don't know where Orkney is, but it's a folktale from there. So, or from those people. I've never heard of that. I don't know. This is new for me. Our American ignorance is showing. (laughs) Um, So this is, I honestly, just reading this story, I assumed it was kind of about a, a siren. Um, this guy, Johnny Croy falls in love with a woman out in the water, a mermaid, if you would. Okay. Okay. He essentially, he steals the mermaid's comb and he says he will not give it back unless she lives with him for seven years. And after she lives with him for seven years, then they'll go live, then he'll go live under the sea with her. For a comb. So she agrees. For a comb. Yes. If this is this a magic comb? I don't know. The r- <laughs> my brain hurts. First the baby getting traded for lettuce, a black <laughs> That's a fucking comb. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. So um, the real she, the realist in me is like yeah, having know, a panic I know, attack. I so the the mermaid agrees to live with him, and they have six kids. Now, when I first read this, I assumed that it was the mother. But after reading an interview with uh, Daniel with um, it was either it was either the cut or Vanity Fair. It was one of those interviews. um, I realized that that was my presumption because the um, the person who loves Johnny Croy, who is the uh, parental figure to him, is never gendered. So I just assumed it was the mother. And I don't think it is. But it's about to get real dark. So the mother, the mother, the presumed mother. Sorry. Um, wait, wait. Sorry. So the mother is telling the story of the dude and the mermaid. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Essentially, I just wanted to make yeah, sure. Yeah. Essentially. Um. Now, and like I'm using quotes here, like the yeah. mother. I it I'm. Yeah. For like I said, as I read this, I thought it was the mother, but then I found out literally a day ago while I was reading an interview that the character's not gendered so mm-hmm. you know Could it be may- anything. yeah exactly yeah. at the very beginning i did really like this so there um this person this parental figure to johnny croy says that there are six eternal sins that the um that merit hell and those are despair presumption resistance envy impenitence and obstinacy and those are apparently six sins that you cannot uh be forgiven for and that you will go to hell for so, well, uh, <laughs> despair, <Corey>. you got me there. 
Corey, save you a seat. So, so this character is very religious, obviously, and sees and sees that Johnny is having these children with a foul creature of the deep, essentially out of wedlock. (laughs) And to save the six kids, they burn a cross into their backs to save their souls. Then they stab the mermaid in the neck cut off Johnny's left hand and cut out his left eye for his sins and then push them out to sea in a, in a boat. And with like the kids, no, not with the kids. Like the kids are, the kids got burned with like a cross into their backs. And then the mermaid was stabbed. Didn't die though. At the point that the story ends, the mermaid was still alive and Johnny was still alive, but they were, they were dumped in a boat and pushed out to sea. And Johnny lost his left hand and his left eye. Oh my God. And that that's, yeah. And like I said, I thought it was the mother, but it is a parental figure to Johnny that did this to them. Like burn like their own grandkids, like in the back. Oh my God. It got dark. So that's how that story ends. You ready for me to keep going? Because there's only two left. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Lord. (laughs) I still want to read this book though. Yeah, no, it's. And but I'm honest, just like, and honestly, like I said, like I, it's been months since I read this and I don't think my notes were that great. Actually, I, I think I could have done better. I will admit but still some of the little stuff. I'm just yeah. like, holy shit. Yeah. So, um, the second to last story is called the frog's princess. So like the frog prince. Yes. Okay. Now this, uh, basically is the story of a daughter and she lives with her father and her sisters. I'm so sorry. Jesus Christ. This is about a daughter who lives with his father and his sisters. He does not have a name. He's just, just called him. daughter, but he has male pronouns. Okay. I mean, that's fine. Um, honestly, I, mean, yeah. I didn't have a problem with it. But his, but his name is daughter. Yeah. Okay. Just refer to her as daughter. That's where I was daughter. like a little weird for a second. I was like, yeah, it's a daughter living with. Yeah, okay. I, I messed that up. I messed the... Okay. Yeah. His name is Daughter, it's, and he lives with I mean, with he's his... referred to as Daughter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he lives with his dad and his sisters. Yes, or okay. his... Yeah. Whatever. Um. So, the daughter, or daughter, is playing with a ball out by a well in the woods when the ball falls into the well. Mm-hmm. Now, the ball is retrieved by a frog, and... The frog, in um, as a repayment for getting the ball for the daughter, essentially is like, you have to be my companion. Now, daughter obviously used the frog to get the ball and had no intention of being a companion to this frog at all. Because he's a bitch. Because he's a slimy little, little, little toad. Um, and daughter's a bitch, apparently. Kind of, yes. So... Uh, I believe some, some time passes and they're eating dinner and there's a knock at the door and it's the frog and the father demands that his daughter uphold his promise. And so the daughter and the frog go into the bedroom and the daughter lays down and the frog climbs in between his legs and there's, uh, there's a description that it like, he's like, as he's climbing over the legs that like he can, the daughter can feel like his slimy like feet. Um, it is assumed by me that the frog molested the daughter, but I don't actually have details on that. So I'm kind of thankful <laughs> that I'm just going to leave that perverse detail out of the story, I guess. I don't know. My, 
my imagination is running wild. Yeah. I have so many thoughts. But like but the but the description of the frog clambering over the daughter's yeah, legs yeah, yeah, to yeah. get in between his legs is just like I know. literally literally like gate like I cr- I was cringing as I was reading this. I I'm was like, cringing, but then I'm also like what did he do? Um the last story is called Good Fences Make Good Neighbors. Now um Wait, 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 wait. Whoa. So that's how the other story ends? Mhm. He in between her legs and that's it. Or his legs and that's it. Mhm. Okay, keep going. Yep. Daniel, well, and I'm on the last one too. Daniel, you're an enigma. <laughs> right. <laughs> Edward Enigma. <laughs> um. So, good fences make good neighbors. That's the uh, title of the last story. It's based on the fisherman and his wife by the Grimm brothers and Frog and Toad are friends. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now this one I had to reread. Um. So, the fisherman essentially. Um catches a magical flounder that promises him whatever he desires if he lets it go. So he lets it go and goes back to their his cabin where he and a friend are staying there. Now his friend demands that because he didn't bring back any food for the table, demands that he at least uses what the flounder is promising him and he says, you know, go ask for a bigger house. So because they want he wants more space for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the fisherman goes back out to the fish, asks for a bigger house, and they have it. And uh, they describe the house, and it's very pretty and all this stuff. And But then the friend of the fisherman is like, well, now we have this bigger house. We need nice, well-to-do, attractive friends to fill it. And so he goes back out and he asks for attractive friends. From there, the friend essentially abuses the fisherman in a way where, like, he's now they have attractive friends, and the he the fisherman is just there. Like it, it like from what I from what I gathered, it was like the friend didn't care about the fisherman at all. It was very much an abusive relationship that they had, and it, uh, it was a very extremely toxic situation, and. So after they have these new friends in this bigger house, the friend of the fisherman then asks that uh, the fisherman goes and asks for a second house so that the fisherman can then move out and live in his own house because the friend is claiming that the fisherman doesn't appreciate all he does for him or that the the friend is claiming that the fisherman yet doesn't appreciate all the things that his, his friend does for him. The fisherman doesn't want to be without his friend, so he goes and he kills the fish and guts it instead so that so that the fish can't grant any sort of wish where he has to move away from his friend. So the poor fish. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Um, and that's pretty much it. And he goes back to the house and um, he's feeling ill because he killed the fish and his friend, to make him feel better, starts banging his head against a wall. So then the fisherman is like, I feel better. And the friend's like, good, because now I feel like shit. Go make me tea. And he's like, don't give me any of that, that old crap. Make it fresh. And so then the fisherman goes and makes tea and brings it to him. And the friend's asleep. And that's how it ends. And it's just like. Wow. Yeah. And it was just like very much like, damn. like That's real. That's like. It's a, it's a, a toxic it's relationship. It's a toxic story. And it's sad to say, but that probably is a real thing for some people. Oh, absolutely. And that's awful. Absolutely. They're made to feel like they have no value. 
even though even though they they like the way I see it, the fisherman can literally give his friend anything his friend wants. And he does and it won't that. Be enough. Exactly. And it's never enough for the friend. Exactly. And I I hated it. But um anyway, so that's the end of the book. That's mm-hmm. all of the short stories. I'm sorry to you listeners about my um retelling or my summary of a couple of these stories. They are a little off. So I would say like the best part of this book is that the gender roles were subverted and they were swapped. I loved how some of the stories did not rely too heavily on their source material. Um, but I also think that that's kind of something that I didn't like because a few of the stories were really hard to follow uh, only because they they had different ins- inspirations kind of. So like melding it all together into one narrative. Yeah, like, seemed the, a little, like the Goose Girl one. Yeah, it was, like, it was very weird. So like I understand wanting it to be different, but it was so different that it just didn't seem yeah part of this or like it was alluding yeah it was to the very story? weird it was very weird so um and that's i listed that so like especially like the wedding party which is the goose girl one mm-hmm. um some friends are threatening mr toad that one i like that could have been a great story and part of it was a great story but like i really was confused about you know mr toad was just his whole demeanor and like miss just mr toad in the in the whole story to me was very confusing and then good fences make good neighbors which is that last one um so i actually had to reread all of those stories twice just because they did seem a little disjointed and thematically they're very hodgepodge so that that so that i would say that that's it, it was good that some of the stories didn't rely too heavily on source material but then it was also a negative in some other stories yeah yeah so I'd say what I learned from the book is that I probably should read up on source material and fairy tales before I read the retellings because, again, like probably why I had a hard time understanding some of these stories is because I didn't understand the initial or the source, you know, where they came from, like the inspiration. Um, I mean, that probably helped you, though, because it probably gave you a different perspective because I, I own... Uh, I think there are third edition copies of Grimm's fairy tales. Yeah. Cause I've read them my whole life. I know yeah. all of the original stories. So when yeah. I was going through my book, it was much harder for me to pick one because I was sitting there thinking like, well, this one isn't really good enough. Cause like the original yeah. so much better. So I think it was probably better for you that you hadn't read them because it gave you a different perspective to enjoy the book a little bit more. That's just my opinion. I obviously haven't read it yet, but yeah. And then also like, as for like, if I, did I learn any new words? Cause you know, I love, I know you love those words. Yeah. I love words. Shriving was a good word that that came from the, um, the second story, the one about the, the thankless uh, child. Do you that, know what it means? Yeah, I mean, it, it means to to confess and to present yourself for confession and stuff like that. I did have to look it up, though. I did have to look it up. Hashtag shriving. <laughs> like, hashtag thriving. <laughs> Stop. Um, in general, though, I did really admire the wordplay between characters. Now, as far as which characters I liked the best or least, uh, I did not like David from the wedding party, the groom, because he was whiny. <laughs> to me he was very whiny he also uh at one point uh allison his uh betrothed is kind of like 
making fun of him in a way while they're still like they're still in bed and he's hung over and stuff and she's talking about the goose girl story and she's kind of teasing him and he grabs her by the wrist and hurts her like by grab like he grabs her wrist and she's like saying you better not have left a mark because i'm not gonna be wearing gloves at the wedding like i don't want like you could just not grab me you know mm-hmm. and um so that and so I just, to me, like, I really did not That sounds like the beginnings well. of, like, an abuser. Yeah, I did not connect well with him mm. um, at all. And he complained about the fact that her best friend wouldn't loan her money when she was down and out on her luck. And it's just kind of like, you know, I don't know. I just, he, I just didn't like him. And then, again, like, how does this book compare to others? I'm not super familiar with the original work for some of them. Um, I did connect with, like, the the ones that I did understand, like The Little Mermaid, Cinderella, Velveteen Rabbit. The Little Mermaid and Velveteen Rabbit, though, like those stories, um, they had just the right amount of like gruesome, like malevolence to them, mm. like macabre, like feel. Um, so I really enjoyed those. So, and uh, I, like I said at the beginning, I would recommend this book to listeners. Absolutely. It's, it's an interesting, if nothing else, uh, a very interesting read. And I also like, let's spotlight queer artists 100 percent. i mean you know like stan queer authors artists whatever yeah like if i could separate the stories i would recommend some and discard the others but the work as a whole is is very good so i mean the reason why i had toyed with the thought of doing this book the book that you did was because um a lot of the summaries that i had read really intrigued me yeah so I'm excited. I'm going to read it because I have it on my iPad. So I'm definitely going to be reading it once you leave. Do it. Yeah, do Um, it. It's really good. But I had no idea about the transgender author. That makes me want to read it even more because especially after you telling me that all of the all of the gender switches and, you know, changing pronouns, that's so awesome. And you don't see that very much in literature. Um, like honestly at all, almost like almost I feel not like, at all. and that's amazing. But I think that could also just be my own like exposure has been very narrow, which is almost part of the reason why we're, we're doing this podcast is so that we can broaden our mm-hmm. own minds, you know, because like there's so much out there that I have never read, never heard about, you know, and then exactly like I was doing my show notes for this episode and I was getting ready to say oh yeah the Mary Spinster by so-and-so and And then I was just like okay let me do a little bit of research about the author and then was like oh shit like that's the the name on the cover is a dead name Mm -hmm. and uh from what I understand I don't think Dan I think Daniel I obviously I don't actually know I don't know this person, but I would say that, you know, they probably would appreciate not being called by their dead name. And no, like, um, I don't want to bring that up. But but there are there are articles that have been published in the last year that have that have, you know, part of, you know, part of his dead name on there. So I, like, I don't I don't really know, you know, yeah. but it's not for me to decide or to say. So, yeah, I just want to do as much justice as I can to to the artist and to the book itself, because it like I said, it was a great book. So you should definitely read it, Kobe. It's really Damn, good. You had the better book this time. <laughs> yeah. Shit. I did more research this time, too. I'm growing. I mean, I tried to do some research. George Frost was not very present on social media, <laughs> probably because probably he there's was a from reason. the 90s. So, uh, <laughs> oh my god. Um. All right. Well, so um, I think that about wraps up this episode. And uh, do you want to tell them what our next theme is going to be? Our next theme, and I'm so 
I'm so pumped about this. <laughs> I'm so fucking pumped. We're doing serial killers, guys. We're doing serial killers. I'm so pumped. I'm I love serial I don't love serial killers. Not like that. I like learning about serial killers. And boy, it's gonna be a doozy. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm interested to see I'm interested to see what you picked. I I definitely went a weird way with my with my choice. So I yeah. think that you'll really like what I have. I so. wanted I went out of my way to pick something that not a lot of people know about, but it's pretty interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, because like you said earlier, we're doing this podcast to like learn new things. So I didn't want to do like John Wayne Gacy, which yeah, everybody knows the story about John Wayne Gacy. So well, I, I do definitely I chose a book that I uh, I'm just going to throw it out there now. I did choose a book that I read before because I had read it in high school. But I remember loving it so much, so much so that I actually gave a copy of it to my brother as a wedding present because it was such a good book. I know, I know. Don't about serial killers to give to your brother. You'll, yeah, that's true. Oh my true. God, that's a little fucked. It's out of context though because you don't know what book it is, but you'll. Okay. I'm just trying to drum up some anticipation. Some woo, suspense. Woo. But anyway, yeah. yeah, so we're doing serial killers next. If you're really into serial killers and want to learn some stuff, tune in. Tune in. Because I'm excited. It's, I'm really excited about this one. All right. Well, until next time, guys. Folks. Jesus. Folks. <laughs> until next time, folks. Bye. Bye. Alrighty, Rooster. Well, man, that sounded like a great episode. Um, I hope y'all enjoyed it. And you know what's better than four stars? Five stars. So why don't you go and give us a five-star rating if you liked us so much. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at BoFCast. That's B-O-A-F-C-A-S-T. Or Facebook at Booked on a Feeling. You can also reach out to us at bookedonafeeling at gmail.com to give us book suggestions, say hello, say what's up. And also, if you really did like what you heard, we also have a Patreon just for y'all awesome listeners who want to help us keep the lights on. And that is at patreon.com slash bovcast. On Patreon, we have a lot of extra goodies and you can find all of our social media links and a link to our Patreon on our website, bookedonafeeling.com. Until next time, Corey out.